Welcome to the 34th Circe Salon. We journey from the ancient world to the cosmos. Take the adventure. Take the adventure with us. With us. With us. With us. And welcome back, everyone, to the 34 Circe Salon. This is the Parallax Channel. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb, and we're going to be doing Classical Studies 101. Uh, we're following the Odyssey, and today we'll be doing the Odyssey Chapter 11. Uh, as always, if you would be so kind to uh, leave a lovely comment or high rating on whatever podcast platform you're using to listen to us, we'd really appreciate it. And we cannot get going in this realm uh, without the help of the one, the only, Dr. Gary Stickle. Welcome, Gary. Hi. So, Gary, tell us uh, where we are in the uh, journey, so, uh, the journey of the journey and the journey of the Odyssey, so to speak, and what do we have to look forward to in Chapter 11? Well, um, about halfway through the journey, um, <clears throat> of Odysseus sailing home from Troy, when his encounters all these gods and monsters and so on and goddesses. Um, now, the last chapter, 10, we're going to do 11 today, um, involved his encounter with Circe, the, the witch goddess. You remember she turned uh, his men into pigs? We have to give her a shout-out, though. Give us a second here. Because... This is the 34 Circe Salon, so that was our matron goddess. Yes, so that's where we last were. That's where we last left off. So that chapter end with uh, Odysseus telling his crew that Circe set us on a course down to the house of death. So the Greeks believed that uh, when a person died, they went to an afterlife that was below ground, and uh, like in caverns you know, down below, and uh, ruled by Hades. And the uh, the general place was also called Hades. And so Circe um, told Odysseus that he had to go there to consult with um, what Homer calls a seer. He's really a prophet. His name is Tiresias. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the <clears throat> he has to consult with him to find out how he can get home. And that's why Odysseus goes there. And this chapter is like a... Um, kind of like a little mini horror movie <laughs> in the Odyssey, um, as, as we'll see. So he's telling uh, he's telling the tale. It's, I think we talked about this last time. He's telling uh, the story to others. So we're, we're living a story within a story. So yeah, he's telling uh, this to King Alkinoos and his, uh, you know, his, his uh, people in, in the throne room, I think. Okay. And so, um, you know, as I keep saying, I'm, I'm going to quote from uh, Robert Fagel's 1996 uh, translation of the Odyssey. This is book 11, and he has titles for each chapter. And so this chapter is called The Kingdom of the Dead. And I'll just read the, uh, the intro here. Now we came to the ship at the water's edge. We hauled and launched her into the sunlit breakers first. 
and they, they loaded on sheep, a ram, and a ewe because they're going to use them for sacrifice. Right, okay. And it says, but Circe, the awesome nymph with the lovely braids, who speaks in a human voice, sent us a hearty helper, a fresh following wind ruffling up, bellowing out our sail to drive our blue prow on, blue prow, meaning the front of the ship, on. Uh, as we secured running gear from stem to stern and so on, and sat back while the wind and helmsman kept her true on course. The sail stretched taut as she cut the sea all day. And then the sun sank and the roads of the world grew dark. So they sail on until they get to the uh, what's called the Outer Limits. I mean, uh, he translates that. It reminds me of that old TV show called The Outer Limits. Mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of like Twilight Zone was The Outer Limits, right? Yes. So, okay, so they're in that. Yeah, the Outer Limits was inspired by the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. um, series. And so the Outer Limits, on uh, they, the Greeks believed that the world was surrounded by uh, uh, what they called a, the River of Ocean. And supposedly this is where these Sumerian people lived, and, and they were close to the entrance to Hades. So he says, uh, we made to the outer limits, ocean rivers bounds, where Sumerian people have their homes, their realm and city, shrouded in mist and clouds. The eye of the sun can never flash his rays through the dark and bring them light. So they, they live perpetually in, in, the, in the dark up there. And uh, so uh, he says, we finally gained the place that Circe made our goal. And so uh, he, they, Homer doesn't say it, but they're actually, they go underground. Okay. And they go down to uh, what uh, Homer calls Erebus. And Erebus uh, translates as a place of darkness in the underworld. So it's part of uh, Hades, the, the overall place of the dead. Right. And so this chapter focuses on a, uh, you know, the uh, place where the uh, souls of the dead suffer, but there's a place where the good souls go to called Elysion or Elysium, and that's where we get uh, Elysian fields from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's also where the in Paris they have the Champs-Élysées, you know, the which means the Elysian fields, a major boulevard in Paris. And so Fagels uh, translates, uh, Odysseus digs a trench to hold the blood of the uh, ram and ewe that he sacrifices. So he cuts. He says, I cut their throats and their dark blood flowed in. And up out of Erebus they came, flocking towards me now, the ghost of the dead and the gone. Great armies of the battle dead, Stabbed by bronze spears, men of war strapped in bloody armor, thousands swarming around the trench from every side. That is a pretty horrific image. Yeah. He says, unearthly cries, blanching terror gripped me. And so so the thing is, uh, apparently this blood is essential to drawing the ghost, and, uh, and he wants to draw the ghost of Theresius who died. And so uh, 
said, so uh, the shiftless dead came near the blood until I uh, finally questioned Theresius myself. And so, uh, so he really encounters them, you know. It's a, it's a pretty, you know, it, you're right. It is like a horror movie. Uh, it's just a pretty unsettling image. So, yeah, it really. I mean, is. Besides the fact of you know the, the sacrifice, it's also just the idea of all of these legions of people who passed on yes. showing up again. And so he says, at last he came, the shade of the famous Theban prophet, meaning Theresius, holding a golden scepter. He knew me at once and hailed me, royal son of Laertes, Odysseus, master of exploits, man of pain. What now? What brings you here? Looking for the light of day in this joyless kingdom of the dead? Odysseus had his sword drawn. He says, put up your sharp sword. So I can drink the blood and tell you the truth. So apparently, this sounds a little bit like a vampire thing. Uh, the dead have to drink the blood, and then they can talk to them. That's bizarre, huh? Yeah, it's I, I never realized that. It's a pretty pretty strange. Okay. And um, and he said, uh, you know, that he's going to tell him about a, a smooth journey home and what you seek. But he says, a god will make it hard for you. I know you'll never escape the one who shakes the earth, and that's Poseidon. He quakes with anger at you still, still enraged because you blinded the Cyclops, his dear son. So remember, he blinded the Cyclops so he could get out of the Cyclops' cave. Right, and we talked about how he, uh, his ego got the best of him yes. to say who did it. Okay. And then he says he wants to tell him uh, on his way home he's going to go by uh, – Thernacria or Thernacia Island, and uh, and that's the uh, island of the sun god Helios. And some mythologies say that Apollo was the sun god, but he wasn't. He was the god of light. Helios was the god of the sun. And he says, there on that island is the cattle of Helios, the god of the sun who sees all and hears all things. Leave the beast unharmed, and you will may still reach Ithaca, but harm them in any way, and your ship will be destroyed, your men destroyed as well, and even if you escape, you'll come home late and come home a broken man. Mm. So he tells them he can't harm these cattle of Helios. So it kind of foreshadows the fact that that does happen, you know? Right, right. And so... um, So he says, and with those words now, his prophecies had closed, the awesome shade. Now Homer refers to the dead as shades, which is interesting. The awesome shade of Lord Tereshius strode back to the house of death. But I kept watch there till my mother approached. So his mother comes to see him. And she, she had died. He didn't realize that she had died while he's gone, but she did. That's very sad. Okay. Very sad. And so she approached and drank the blood. And then she says, oh, my son, what brings you down to the world of death and darkness? Are you still alive? And she says, uh, so she wants to know. And he says, mother, uh, I had to venture down to the house of death to consult the shade of Teresa's seer of Thebes. And so, 
And uh, so he has a conversation with his mother. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> and she says, please tell me about my wife, uh, her turn of mind, her thoughts, uh, or has she wed some other countryman? So he doesn't know if she's still waiting for him or not, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she says, surely, surely, my noble mother answered quickly. She's still waiting there in your halls, poor woman, suffering so. Her life an endless hardship like your own, wasting away the nights, weeping away the days. So she wants Odysseus, you know? Right. Reassuring Odysseus. It's I mean, it's again, it's a terrifically unsettling encounter to encounter his own mother, you know, in the in the underworld. Yes. Um, and then uh, uh you know, he wants to embrace his mother because he loves his mother, of course, you know. And who who doesn't love their mothers? And, uh, right, right. And he says, uh, and I, this is just his talking, my mind in turmoil, how I beg to embrace my mother's spirit, dead as she was. And here's the sacred number three comes up. Three times I rushed toward her, desperate to hold her. Three times she fluttered through my fingers, sifting away like a shadow, dissolving like a dream. Each time the grief got to the heart, I cried out to her. So she disappears, okay? So these 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 shades are like our concept of ghosts. Yes. You know, these the things that go through walls. <clears throat> also a bit of our instead concept of, being, of the soul, too. Instead of being uh, light that's transparent, they're apparently dark, you know? Well, again, it's like a the shade or shadow, I'm sure. So, yeah. Um, okay, interesting. Okay. And um, so then after the mother leaves, he says, um, uh, and there came a grand array of women, all sent before me now by uh, August Persephone. And Persephone is the queen of death. And you know, she's the daughter of, of who? You know, right? Yes, we that there's the great myth with uh, uh, Demeter and Persephone, and then we have which is kind of I guess similar to the Inanna underworld myth. But um, so anyway, yeah, and um, but he says that he apparently he can fend them off with a sword, which doesn't make sense, but that's what uh, happens in this hmm. uh, segment. He says, I, I drew forth my long, sharp sword. I would not let them drink the dark blood. And then he goes on to describe, you know, uh, uh, just a series of of uh, women. The mother of Oedipus, for example, Epicasti, and, uh, and Chloris, who bore uh, King Nestor. You know, he was the old king that uh, fought at Troy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I saw Lita. Now Lita uh, bore Castor and Pollux or Polydeuces in the Greek. And uh, you remember Lita and the Swan. Lita and the Swan. Why do you think uh, he? What was the reasoning for the women? I don't uh, know. This I don't know. Hmm. Okay. And. Uh, and Leda was also the mother of Helen, Helen of Troy, because uh, Castor and Polydeuces were her brothers. 
and um, and then he talks about um, this this one woman, uh, Epimedea, lay with the sea lord, meaning uh, Poseidon, and uh, and they and she gave birth to the tallest men, and 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 also uh, men that are. Uh, Nine fathoms tall, <laughs> yeah, they're gigantic, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, he sees. Uh, I mean, this the same one was the uh, mother of Orion. You remember? Uh, yeah, that's the the great myth that we've great myth of Orion discussed before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, Ariadne, the daughter of King Minos, the one that uh, Theseus. Fled, uh, with you know, mm-hmm. so all of these women are appearing. They're showing up. Uh, it's it's just an interesting encounter. It's interesting to to create the scene that way. But yeah. we continue. And uh, but he doesn't let them drink the blood, you know. So they just keep appearing, you know. And um, uh, and then finally he he gets uh, interrupted by King Alcinous, and he says. Ah, Odysseus, uh, you know, um, one look at you, and we know that no one uh, would would tell us, uh, you know, basically saying would, would tell him the truth, you know, and of course he tells him the truth. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, what grace you give your words and so on. Uh, and he says, uh, did you see any heroes down in the house of death? Any who sailed with you and met their doom at Troy. And uh, so he tells them about his encounter with uh, heroes. And so then um, he says, no sooner had Queen Persephone driven off the ghost of the lovely women. So I guess she does that, scattering them to the left and right. Then forward marched the shade of Altraeus's son, Agamemnon. And you remember he was the high king that led the Greeks against the Trojans. Right, of course. And uh, Odysseus says, he knew me at once. And as soon as he drank the blood and wailed out uh, shrilly, tears sprang to his eyes. He thrust out his arms towards me, keen to embrace me there and so on. I wept at the sight. And then he addressed him, famous Atreides, Lord of men, Agamemnon, what fatal stroke of destiny brought you down? Yeah, because he wouldn't have known. No. Right? He's still out, yeah, trying to get back. And so then he goes on to tell him, uh, uh, you know, I, I was not wrecked in my ships as others have, you know, by Lord Poseidon, but he, he got home. But then his uh, wife, Clytemestra, uh, had an affair with a, a, a guy called Aegisthus. Mm-hmm. And she, and they plotted to kill Agamemnon because remember, Agamemnon uh, had to kill their daughter in order to sail to Troy. Mm. Yeah, that would be something that uh, uh, not to make light, but that'd be something that would cause trouble in a relationship. So yeah, uh, when he gets back, of course she's she's ready and she's taken on someone else as well. So so Agamemnon talks about how. They plotted his death, and he says, the queen hell-bent, you know, 
on revenge, basically, you know? Right. And, uh, and so uh, he talks about how he uh, was killed by Aegisthus. He killed me. He was my own accursed wife. Um, and he cut me down, you know, like an ox. So I died, a wretched, ignominious death. And uh, around me, my comrades were killed, no mercy, one after another. So I guess his entourage was killed as well. Um, and uh, and he talks about how uh, uh, they killed Cassandra, you know, King Priam's daughter that was given to Agamemnon, and they kill her. So pretty bloody stuff going on, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's, it's it's a it's a just from a story structure, from a dramatic structure. It's an interesting choice to have, and perhaps it served the purpose for the uh, ancient Greek listener of filling them in on what happened. You know, like we do in the modern day movies, well, or TV shows. You know, what happened to this character? What happened yeah. after that? We imagine what occurred after our favorite shows ended. What were their lives like? And this is picks it up as a sequel, so to speak. And fills us in, and gives him a conceit in which to do that. And so he, uh, <clears throat> you know, he uh, Agamemnon laments. He said, "So he declared, and and I cried out, how terrible Zeus from the very start, the Thunder King, has hated the race of Atreus with a vengeance. His trustiest weapon, women's twisted wiles. What armies of us died for the sake of Helen? Clytemnestra schemed your death." while you were worlds away. So anyhow, uh, and then, uh, you know, he, go, he goes on to, uh, he says, Agamemnon's ghost kept pressing on. So even your own wife never indulged her too far. He warns <laughs> about it, Penelope, but never reveal the whole truth, whatever you may know, just tell her part of it. Be sure to hide the rest. Not that you, Odysseus, will be murdered by your wife. She's much too steady. Her feelings run too deep. It carries his daughter Penelope, that wise woman. So he, he likes her and so on. But Well, he also didn't kill their child. So that would tend to help him not end up like Agamemnon. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a real interesting way to look at the world. You know, you've killed your kid so you can go off to war. And then you're kind of surprised that your wife was upset about it. Well, I mean, yeah, she probably would be. Whereas uh, Odysseus really didn't do that. So no. you know, he's just trying to get home. And um, and then, uh, you know, um, he basically says, I mean, this is Agamemnon. It shows the male chauvinism here a bit. He says, the time for trusting women is gone forever. Yeah, what do you know? You know, the, you marry someone, you have a kid, you kill that kid, and you're surprised when she's a little upset about it. Yeah. You know, it's, a, yeah, it's completely patriarchal, but anyway. Yeah. And um, so, anyhow, um, and then Agamemnon leaves, okay? And... Um, and Odysseus says, you know, he's deep in grief, tears streaming down, you know, his face and so on. 
And then he's greeted by a, a, another famous warrior. But now came the ghost of Peleus' son, Achilles, and Patroclus. Remember, Patroclus was his best friend that Hector killed, and that's why mm-hmm. Achilles killed Hector, you know. And then also came uh, the fearless Antilochus and the great Ajax, who was first in stature, first in build and bearing. So in other words, uh, he was like the tallest and biggest mm-hmm. of, the, of the Greek warriors and so on. Uh, and so they greet Odysseus, royal similarities, Odysseus, man of tactics, reckless friend, what next? What greater feat can the cunning head contrive? What daring brought you down to the house of death? And so on. Where the senseless burnout race of mortals make their home. So they're just talking about how miserable they are, you know. And um, not a good, not not a good take on uh, what people have to look forward to in the next life. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And uh, and he says the voice of his spirit paused. I was quick to answer. I mean, Odysseus, Achilles, son of Peleus, greatest of the uh, Achaeans or the Greeks. Uh, I've come to consult Tiresias. Driven, driven here by hopes he would help me journey home to rocky Ithaca. And uh, he says, but you, Achilles, there's not a man in the world more blessed than you. There never has been, never will be. Time was when you're alive, we Greeks honored you as a god. And now down here I see you lorded over the dead with all your power. So grieve no more at dying, great Achilles. Well, Achilles... Uh, really responds to that. He totally disagrees. And he says, I reassured, uh, I mean, excuse me, but uh, Achilles broke out protesting, quote, no winning words about death to me, shining Odysseus. By God, I'd rather slave on earth for another man, some dirt poor tenant farmer who scrapes to keep alive than rule down here all the breathless dead. It's a it, it, again. It's a relentlessly pessimistic outlook on, on the next world. But okay, yeah. And um, so, um, and then uh, you know, Achilles and the others leave. You know, and uh, and uh, so anyhow, uh, then he sees this. Uh, Shade of Memnon. Now, Memnon was an African, a black African that came to help the Trojans. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Egypt, they have these two statues they call, uh, you know, the statues of Memnon, you know. Mm-hmm. It's really supposed to be Egyptian. But here you have a reference to the Trojan horse. And the Shade of Memnon, again, when our champions climbed inside the horse, that Epius belt, meaning the Trojan horse, Belted labor, I held full command. This is Odysseus here, to spring our packed ambush open and keep it sealed. All our lords and captains, uh, knees shaking beneath each man, but not your son, and so on. And uh, your, your son, meaning the son of uh, Achilles, Neoptolemus, mm-hmm. uh, that he was eager to fight, you know, and uh, begging me there to let him burst from the horse. Uh, with his hilted sword and so on, and to unleash his fighting fury against the Trojans. So then it goes on. Uh, and then 
so off, off, you know, he went, meaning Achilles, mm -hmm. the ghost of the great runner, okay, to the fields of Asphodel. And Asphodel is part of the Elysian field. So I guess he's going to go to the good part of uh, the afterlife finally, you know. Mm -hmm. But then it says, the rest of the ghosts, the dead and gone, came swarming up around me. The ghost of great Ajax. And he tries to talk to Ajax. I cried out to him. I tried to win him over and so on. But Ajax won't talk to him. Mm -hmm. And he just, uh, so I cried out, but Ajax answered not a word. He stalked off towards Erebus into the dark. And I saw Minos, the king of uh, Crete, mm -hmm. illustrious son of Zeus and so on. And uh, next I caught sight of Orion. You know, he's talking about that again. I, I saw uh, Titius or Titius too. Listing a, off who he's who he's seeing a, under there. Who's a Titan? Mm -hmm. And he said he sprawled on the ground nine acres across, and two vultures were hunched on either side of him, digging into his liver. So he's being punished by Zeus. Mm -hmm. And then I saw well, we're, coming, we're coming towards the towards the end of our our time. So let's see if we can get to. What, how does it, how does he? Okay, well, then I'm almost at the end. Sure. I'm almost at the end. And he, he saw tantalus. That's where we get the word tantalize. Mm -hmm. uh, and he st stood in a pool of water. And when he bends to try to drink because he's thirsty, the water recedes so he can't drink. And then above him are fruit, pomegranates and pears and so on. And when he tries to reach up to get him, the wind blows him out of his reach. So he's totally tantalized. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he sees Sisyphus. And Sisyphus is uh, bound to, uh, you know, push up a, a monstrous boulder to the top of a hill. And as he gets to the top, it always slips and rolls down. So he's got to push it up again forever. So he's, he's, you know, he's punished forever. And you just see when people are frustrated, it, it represents uh, frustration people have in their lives, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And then he sees a glimpse of powerful Heracles or Hercules and uh, holding a bow and so on. Uh, and, well, you would uh, wonder why none of these people got to go to the good part of the underworld, but um, or who does get to go to the good part of the underworld? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Heracles or Hercules talks to him about how he was sent down there to retrieve the hound of death, uh, Cerberus, the three-headed hound of hell, you know, that guards the dead and so on. Mm -hmm. And that's why he was down there. And then the chapter ends, he says, the dead came surging around me, hordes of them, thousands, raising unearthly cries and blanching terror gripped me, panic now, that queen of Persephone might send up from death some monstrous head, some gorgon's head staring me in the face, you know, like the Medusa would turn you into stone. Mm -hmm. I rushed back to my ship, commanded all hands to take to the de decks and cast off. And that's how it ends. Okay. Well, that was a rather dour chapter. Yeah, very, um, very dour. But uh, but that's part of the journey that uh, that uh, that Achille that sorry that Odysseus had to take. So you know we're getting through, we're coming forward, and we're you know and at this point he's in a, a place of safety, so he's retelling the tale. So we're kind of looking yeah. back on it, but still. At any rate, let us give a big round of applause and a big thanks to uh, Dr. Gary Sibyl. Thank you, Gary. 
always guiding us well on this journey. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure doing these podcasts with you. And I am Sean Marlon Newcomb. This has been the 34 Circe Salon, the Parallax Channel. This is Classical Studies 101. We were going over the Odyssey, Chapter 11. Thank you for listening. We will be back again soon. And God bless.